This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. I'm delighted to have Ben Azadi here with me this morning. We were just chatting about how we have rain on both sides of the East Coast. He is a three-time best-selling author, top 15 podcast host. If you haven't checked out um, his podcast, it's amazing, and founder of Keto Camp. And I should mention, he's also a, a really inspiring individual. So I want to dive completely into your story, but welcome, Ben. It's so nice to have you. I'm grateful to be here with you, Cynthia. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like to start from the beginning. And and so how did your journey start? You know, you you weren't doing keto from uh, the very beginning, but where, you know, what got you to where you are today? Yeah, my story is uh, interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, my parents, they immigrated here to the U.S. from Iran back in the 1970s. And they did the best they can with what they had, their resources. So my mom was actually, growing up, my mom was the assistant manager of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> wow. And uh, I was pretty much left to my own devices because she had three jobs, actually. She worked at Walgreens, KFC, and she had like another side gig. She is uh, my superhero. She did whatever mm. she could do to support me and my sister. And my parents, they were divorced. So it was pretty much my mom raising me. So she would bring me home, leftover Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm. just about every single night. Being a kid, mm -hmm. I would eat that, uh, of course, and my health declined as a result. And uh, my childhood was very difficult. I hung out with the wrong crowd here in Miami Beach, Florida. I was involved with drugs and alcohol and video game addictions, and that transferred into my early adulthood. So I found myself now being 24 years old back in 2008, mm -hmm. obese both physically and mentally, and mm -hmm. uh, depressed, depressed because I was not living a life on purpose with my purpose. Mm -hmm. I weighed 250 pounds at that at that wow. time in my life. And my, I remember my ex-girlfriend, uh, well, we were together for about three years and then she broke up with me uh, and I was devastated. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't do any kind of self-development work in my life. And mm -hmm. it devastated me, Cynthia, to the point where I was waking up every single day, crying all day long. And I was just afraid. I didn't even want to be in a room by myself because every time mm -hmm. I was, I would think about ways to hurt myself. I would actually go wow. on the internet several times and look for ways to kill myself because I was just tired of hurting. And every time I did that, I would think about my mom. I would think about what mm -hmm. she would have to deal with if I took my life. And I didn't want to do that to my mother. So I knew I had to do something. I knew I wasn't mm -hmm. going to take my life and I knew I didn't want to be where I was. So this is the point of my life where books entered my life. You see, if you're, you know, your video here, you see books behind mm -hmm. me. But I started to read authors like Wayne Dyer and Bob Proctor and Dr. John Demartini and all these authors that I never even knew existed, but it mm -hmm. resonated with me so much and it rattled me and, and it woke me up and it helped me understand for the first time in my life that I am responsible. It, it's not my genetics or my slow metabolism or my enabling family member or whatever I was blaming my circumstances on. It was actually, I made the decision to that, that led me to that point. So I took full responsibility and I started to actually focus on my health for the first time in my life. I started exercising, I started eating better. Uh, and I fast forward nine months from that decision, I went from 250 pounds 
down to 170 pounds. I went from 34% body fat down to 6% body fat. So I finally carved out this physical six pack that I always dreamed of being bullied and picked Mm -hmm. on as a fat kid, right? But more importantly, I carved out a a mental six pack and I would take that over Mm -hmm. a physical one any day of the week. So that was, that's what started my journey into the health space. I started to do more research into health and, and we could kind of go from there. What a powerful story. Um, I love that you saw the sacrifices your mom was making for you as a child. And that is, you know, that, that relationship with your mother is truly what saved you at that point. It was what you were hanging on to saying, I can't, I can't do this to my mom. She sacrificed so much. So I'm going to find a way and you dove into books. And I, I think that for so many of us, our books are solace. You know, we find information there. We find uh, things that allow us to think beyond our, our current circumstances, but how profoundly transformational that must have been. So you found these books, you decided to change your path, and then you evolved into this healthier, you know, you mentioned the mental six pack, but also just physically feeling so much better. And what do you think this speaks to in terms of a lot of the processed food industry and the foods that we're eating that impact the kinds of neurotransmitters that we're making or those chemical messengers in our gut? And for people that are listening that maybe are struggling a bit with um, food addiction or are struggling with, you know, really that, that strong, very strong connection with processed foods, what would be some of the things that you would suggest to them to be thinking about to try to turn that mindset shift around for themselves? Yeah, so I had uh, sugar addiction, carb addiction, video game addiction, drug addiction. So I had a lot of addiction. So for me, I could speak from experience. What I did was, well, I believe there's a lot of energy in any addiction. Mm -hmm. So what I did is a transfer of that energy. So I started to find things that really were, were meaningful to me. And I started to focus on that and I had goals and targets and I found myself being less addictive to those things that Mm -hmm. I was addicted to. But let's face it, we, you talk about this all the time. These foods are designed for us to be Mm -hmm. addicted to them. These, I call them foods, but they're not really foods. They're Franken foods developed by the Franken Mm -hmm. mafias that Mm -hmm. are cheap, dirty, and easy. And we are what we eat and we are Mm -hmm. what we eat ate. So a good rule of thumb for the audience, if you're just, you know, want to kind of educate your kids or just have some general rules to follow when you're grocery shopping, you know, the perimeters of the grocery stores where mm-hmm. you're going to find most of the whole foods. We do even want to have a, an ingredient list. If you look at an avocado, they don't have to list an ingredient mm-hmm. list because it's just an avocado. But if you're looking down the middle aisles and you see these box cereals, there's going to be a whole list of things you can't even pronounce. So just staying away from the things you can't pronounce. If it has more than five mm-hmm. ingredients, it's probably a red flag. But they're designed for us to be addictive. And when I was eating those foods, it's no coincidence that I was depressed and suicidal because I wasn't getting the building blocks for these neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I, I was having these glucose spikes that were dropping and my energy would crash. So I had to go get some more snacks. And I had this hole inside of me, this void I was filling with food because I didn't have a purpose and I, was not, mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that word purpose meant. So for me, I did a lot of work discovering what are my highest values, what is my true purpose here? And I made uh, intentional actions to live on purpose with that purpose. And I found myself just transferring that energy now into studying and research and doing uh, content like I do today. 
Well, and it's interesting because before we connected over Facebook, I had been, you know, listening to your videos and you've got a great YouTube station. Obviously your podcast is excellent, but I had no idea, you know, you know, the, the story behind the man. And now that I hear that it is so profoundly transformational, not only for me to listen to, but I'm sure for the listeners as well, because I always say it's our backstories that make us who we are, but it's also what makes us interesting because sometimes people see us just where we are today and they're like, oh, that looks so easy, but you don't realize all the work that's been done uh, up until that point that's transformed you into the individual that you are. So let's pivot a little bit. I'd love for you to talk about how did you find a ketogenic diet? Was that something that you, as you were you know, pulling away from, obviously from these more processed foods, becoming more acquainted with nutrient dense foods, quality of our foods that we were consuming? How did you find the keto diet? Yeah. And, and before I get to that, you're so right about the backstory. I mean, your story about mm-hmm. your second TEDx talk and all the things you yeah. had to go through to get to that. If you don't mm-hmm. know that story, you got to go check that out. I'm sure you have it on one <laughs> of your podcasts. Um, yeah. So how did I get into the keto diet? I got into, well, let me explain before that. When I lost my weight, when I lost 80 pounds, I was one of those fit sick people, meaning, mm-hmm. yeah, I was fit, but I didn't really do it the way that I would teach it now. Uh, <laughs> so I had digestive issues. I had acne, but I was fit, right? So I had to kind of figure out and, and do some experimenting around, uh, throughout the mm-hmm. years. And I actually got into a, a plant-based diet before mm-hmm. keto. <laughs> so I read uh, the China study back in like 2012. Oh, before, yes. Yeah, you know all about the China study, don't you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that was when I didn't really know how to like understand studies and really mm-hmm. understand uh, that studies can be manipulated and uh, mm-hmm. you really have to know how to decipher these studies. So I was kind of duped by the China study, but it convinced me that a vegan, 100% plant-based diet is the way to go for all of humanity. You're going to save the world. You're going to save your health. So I went Mm -hmm. all in. I remember it was January 1st, I think 2013, it might've been. I went 100% vegan. And in the first few months, I actually felt good. I felt really great. My energy Mm -hmm. levels were up. I actually owned a CrossFit gym at this time, and I was doing better with my CrossFit workouts. Uh, but then something happened around the four month mark where all of those benefits are, it's just plateau. It's people call it the mm-hmm. vegan wall, right? But yeah. I was so convinced and I put myself in this, this dogmatic box and I was telling everybody how important it is to go vegan that there was like no going back for me, right? So mm-hmm. I stuck with it for a year and a half before I was like, wow. okay, my, my health is starting to deteriorate, my hormones, mm-hmm. my vitality. So then this is the point in my life where I actually got into the work of Paul Check. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, some of the, uh, the keto books out there, like, um, keto clarity by Jimmy Moore and some of yeah, Eric Westman's. Yeah. yeah. You, you have yeah. a lot of the same books I have. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to read about keto and I was thinking, Whoa, this is like the exact opposite of a vegan diet, but I'm going to try it because, uh, I'm going to do some blood work first and then get off mm-hmm. a vegan diet, go and try keto out and then do some more blood work five months in. Mm-hmm. And I felt good. My blood work, all everything on my blood work, my, my lab work improved. And that's where I started to really see the benefits of ketosis. My brain turned right on. My mm-hmm. hormones were, well, my vitality was better. Uh, so that's where I, it all started for me when I got into ketosis. This was back when getting ketone strips on Amazon was like $7 a strip, right? So if you messed up, you lost seven bucks right there. <laughs> your blood ketones. But that's where it all started for me. And that's a, I, I love the journey and, and so much of it, it's, it's playing detective, it's experimentation, what works well. I do recall the China study and have the book because I had so many people asking me about it. I actually bought it and then had to, you know, 
spent a lot of time explaining to people some of the tenets of the book that are blatantly incorrect. But I find it fascinating that you went from plant-based vegan to now being ketogenic and starting to see all these profound, you know, not only physiologic, but um, psychological benefits. And, and I do think for many of us, it really is a journey that we'll try many things and then we'll settle on what really works and resonates for us. And I talk very openly about how I've been paleo. I had been paleo for many years, got sick last year. And then the only thing that worked for me was a carnivore diet. And now I always say I'm carnivore-ish. I'm very protein focused. That works for my body. Moderate fats, carbs, if I've earned them, um, and I carb cycle and and I definitely want to uh, touch on, you know, some of the things that I've seen, even working with my own patient population, you know, some of the mistakes that people make, but obviously this is, you know, your zone of genius. So can you explain to the listeners, you know, your definition of a ketogenic diet, because there's so much misinformation about it. It's not just cheese and nuts, people. I want to be very clear about that. That is not, that is not the basis of the ketogenic diet, but I'd love to hear your explanation. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> yeah, keto <laughs> ke- keto is not a diet. It's a metabolic process. It's a metabolic mm-hmm. state. It's been around since humans have existed. Uh, and a lot of people, if they start hearing about keto, which most people are right now, it's very popular. They'll mm-hmm. go on Dr. Google and they'll type in, what is the keto mm-hmm. diet? And they'll get uh, over 100 million results. And they'll see, okay, mm-hmm. let's look at the caloric breakdown. Because a lot of people like to see the macros. Mm-hmm. They're focusing on the macros, most people. And they'll see, okay, 80% or so comes from fat. 15 for protein, uh, 15% for protein, and then 5% carbohydrates. So I'm going to follow that. But what they don't understand is that not all fats are created equal. Not all proteins Mm -hmm. are created equal. And also, the fat that you can get on keto, it could come from that plate of food, or it could come Mm -hmm. from your body fat, right? So your body is very sophisticated. I love that explanation. (laughs) It's so true, because a lot of people think they have to shove, like you said, nuts and cheeses Mm -hmm. and bacon. And you can get into ketosis that way, but is it the healthiest way? I'm not so sure. So it's important to understand that when you bring your carbohydrates low enough, your body's going to need an alternate fuel source instead of glucose. Mm -hmm. And that alternate fuel source is fat and ketone. So the analogy that I like to give is when we look at human physiology and we look at all 70 trillion cells in the body, the human body is incredible. We have what I call the world's greatest physician inside Mm -hmm. of us, which is that innate intelligence. And all we have to do is remove the interference in this amazing physician will go to work for you. So the 70 trillion cells that we have in the body could only choose either sugar, glucose, or fat and ketones. That's it. Only two sources of fuel. Mm -hmm. Most people are sugar burners. When I was obese, Mm -hmm. I was for sure a sugar burner. How do you know if you're listening, if you're a sugar burner? Here's an easy test for you. Skip a meal and see how you feel. (laughs) If, (laughs) If you skip a meal and you feel like crap, you're hangry, you're irritable, you're not fun to be around, hey, chances are you don't have that metabolic flexibility and your body Mm -hmm. is a pure sugar burner. So what do I mean by that? Well, when you're burning sugar, glucose, it's the same thing. When I say sugar, I mean glucose. When I say glucose, I mean sugar. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, 
Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. It's like I compare it to a Mack truck. The analogy is this, a Mack truck speeding through the highway when you're burning sugar. Imagine your cells now producing energy with all this smoke coming out of the exhaust pipe of this Mack truck. So your cells are producing all this cellular smoke, these toxins. A lot of byproducts are created after burning sugar, and it's Mm -hmm. not a healthy, efficient fuel source. But when you transition now into a healthy ketogenic lifestyle, lifestyle over diet, then you teach your cells to start burning fat. You tell your mitochondria to choose fat and produce your, then your liver produces ketones for the brain. So I compare that like a Tesla, a cleaner energy mm-hmm. for the environment, for your cells. So it's more efficient. And when you're burning fat, not only are you going to burn body fat, which is a byproduct of getting healthy, you're going to turn your brain on because your brain is a fatty organ, which is about 80% fat. It loves fat. And also the cell membrane, which is that lipid bilayer around your cells, which is the bodyguard of your cells. It turns your cell, tells your DNA to turn on genes, turn off genes. It has your cell receptor sites, which communicates to your hormones. 
It is so important. Life begins and ends at the cell membrane. What is it made of? Protein, saturated fat, and cholesterol. Not carbohydrates, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fat and protein. So give your body what it wants. And another example is this. If you were breastfed as a baby, you were in ketosis. You were going in and out of ketosis because breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol and it helps the development of the brain. So burning fat is our birthright. Keto is a metabolic state, not a diet. And when you use it the right way, it's like a superpower. And it's so important if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be on a next level here to utilize this way of living. I love your explanation. It keeps it so simple and accessible. I think that there's a lot of misinformation about this nutritional kind of paradigm and this process in our bodies. And that makes it so crystal clear. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of being in ketosis and I'm actually unknowingly, I'm laughing when I was looking at uh, the time of our podcast this morning, I realized I was like, I'm going to be unintentionally heading into a 20 hour fast at the, at this point, which is great. I feel fantastic. And the power of being in ketosis is that the mental clarity is phenomenal. Like I don't worry. And for anyone who's listening, I used to worry about having to have a snack with me all the time. Well, those days are long gone. It's so empowering to know that if I get caught, well, not with social distancing, but under normal circumstances, if I'm out and about, I get caught, you know, within my feeding window, I recognize it's going to be totally fine because my body knows how to tap into uh, using fatty acids for fuel as opposed to using glycogen. So I would imagine you have a lot of people that come to you because you're a recognized expert in this space. And what are some of the mistakes you see that people are doing with keto? Um, for me, the big things that I see in particular with women is they're trying to lose weight and then we fail to recognize uh, how you know, things like nuts and cheese in particular are very hard to keep to a portion size. And so people go very heavy on those things, assuming, you know, they can have a handful of nuts and it could be three servings that they're having and not realizing it's, it's way more than the one that they should have. And fat is a, you know, a, a, a nutrient dense uh, item, meaning you get, you know, a, a big bang for your buck when you're taking it. But what are some of the common mistakes that you see that are made with keto? Yeah, that's definitely one of them. It's snacking and not utilizing intermittent fasting, which we'll we'll talk about mm -hmm. later on. Um, so the most the most common reason I've seen people actually feel like crap on keto is sluggish bile. They can't break mm -hmm. down the fat, and, and I'll explain exactly what that means for those who don't really understand that. Your liver produces bile. This is this green substance that is like a detergent for for the fat you're mm -hmm. going to eat on keto. And we love healthy fat because it has these fat-soluble vitamins, which also help with your immune system and also helps you feel good. So we need bile to break down that fat. It is a detergent for that fat. And if you have sluggish bile production, if you have a liver that has been beat up, because <laughs> let's face it, there's toxins everywhere and people are drinking alcohol, that liver, which is the soccer mom organ of all organs, mm -hmm. that liver <laughs> does everything. Mm -hmm. She does everything and anything we want her to do. <laughs> <laughs> when she can't do her job and break and produce healthy bile, you're going to have difficulty breaking down the fat. That's going to result and you feeling like crap. Maybe you have digestive issues, you have diarrhea, even brain fog. You're just not getting the nutrients from the fat. So what, what can you do? Well, what you can do is find some ways to stimulate bile. So bitters, bitters are better. Bitter is good for the liver. I know Dr. David Jockers talks about this, you talk about it. So uh, I love arugula, dandelion greens, dandelion tea, ginger, ginger tea, even organic shade grown coffee is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Artichoke is a keto powerhouse because it has uh, fiber and it builds bile 
actually it thins bile and builds it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Apple cider vinegar, lemons and limes, even things like um, cilantro and parsley and thyme, these herbs, if you just smell it, it could help your liver produce healthy mm-hmm. bile. So have these into the mix. If you are still having issues with all the things I mentioned, then you might need a supplement like ox bile or some digestive bitters that you're drinking throughout the day. But get those bitters in and it'll help you uh, break down the fat and you're going to feel so much better on keto. I don't know about you, but I like to enjoy a nice wine glass after a long day. But the problem is that so many of the wines have harmful chemicals like pesticides or they have way too much sugar, which would damage your health in the long run. After doing some researching, I discovered Dry Farm Wine, the only health-focused natural wine club in the world. Their wine is all natural and additive-free lab tested for purity, sugar-free, and low alcohol. So you can enjoy the taste of good wines without the massive chemical or sugar intake. By joining the Dry Farm Wine Club, you can choose how often you'd like to receive the wines. You can choose monthly or every other month and how many you'd like to receive. And as a special gift, if you sign up with our link, you can get a bonus bottle of pure natural wine with your first order for just one extra penny. Visit the link in the description to claim your bonus bottle of natural wine and join the Dry Farm Wine Club. Well, I find even some people don't do well on what I would refer to as like heavier fats, meaning like duck fat or tallow or lard, and they have to kind of acquiesce to avocados and avocado oil and maybe maybe yes or no on the coconut and MCT oils. And do you see with women in particular that that you see these variations? Like I definitely have patients that really gravitate, like they'll fry everything in duck fat and they feel great. And then I have other people that if they were to use duck fat, they they go through that, they're nauseous. Um, they feel like they need to go take a nap. They just don't feel good. And so I do see so much bioindividuality with you know, how we're processing our fats and how well we feel when we eat the fats and, you know, preferences, you know, biologically and in clearly I would imagine there's going to be biological differences that some people just do better with lighter fats as opposed to heavier ones. Yeah, I see it as well. I I, I do see for the most part, uh, men do better on keto than women. Women mm-hmm. need, need more, um, uh, alternatives and, and kind of different directions. But yeah, I'm a big fan of rotating fats, rotating oils, mm-hmm. rotating your, your keto food, see what you do best with. Even if you're doing good with something like olive oil, I think it's still important to rotate olive oil and not have mm-hmm. the same oil every single month. I mean, when you look at nature, everything is cyclical. So yes, mm-hmm. um, I think it's what you just said is smart. Experiment with some of the fats that work best for you. Start with some of the light ones. And as your liver gets better and better at producing the bile, mm-hmm. then you could go a little bit heavier. So that right there is uh, the biggest mistake I see. It's the bile. Well, and what's fascinating, and for everyone who's listening, I mean, I've been largely been low carb for years and was in New York City before we went into social distancing and had the most amazing, I had this amazing steak at this a fantastic bistro in New York City. And, you know, my friends that I were with were like, oh, they make the most amazing duck fat fries. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, when in New York, do as the New Yorkers do. I was so sick from the duck fat fries. I didn't have any alcohol. It was not the amazing steak. I just realized either I ate too much, which I might've had too many fries because it's not something <laughs> I normally eat, or it's just that the duck fat was so rich that my body was like, what in the hell do we do with this? So it can even happen to seasoned people. It's not just a newbie. So please understand that you know we're always learning and evolving as humans. And so I would say sometimes we just have to tinker. So maybe it might've been the quantity of the duck fat fries I'd had, which is what I suspect it was. 
instead of being a gluttonous pig like I was, but I enjoyed them thoroughly until I didn't. <laughs> That's a perfect, a perfect share because there's going to be setbacks when you're on this new journey with keto or fasting mm-hmm. or whatever it is, carnivore. And set, setbacks are really, I say setbacks are set ups for something great. Mm-hmm. So as long as you learn from that, like you just said, you're learning from that. You put a new structure in place and then you just keep pushing forward. It's not, don't, don't let setbacks turn into um, a stumbling block, turning into a mm-hmm. stepping stone and just keep pushing forward. So if you've got the basics down, what are some of the more advanced strategies that you use with your clients in terms of keto? Yeah, well, you said, you said it earlier, cyclical. I think keto mm-hmm. is fantastic. I love it. But if you look at uh, ancient culture, if you just study ancient culture, not one culture in the history of this world stuck with the same diet long term, mm-hmm. <laughs> not even keto. When they came across whatever, fruit, honey, they didn't look at their tribe and say, oh, we don't eat that. We're keto. (laughs) No, they they would eat that. They would eat that. They would get out of ketosis. They would get that insulin spike. So there's benefits to doing that. So I teach a four-pillar approach to keto, and I have it structured in my Keto Camp Academy. The first pillar is the adapt pillar, meaning let's get you keto adapted. Uh, The second pillar is intermittent fasting, the fast pillar. Mm -hmm. So once we get keto adapted, then I like to pair intermittent fasting because uh, if you go into fasting too soon, and we'll talk a little bit more about fasting, but when you go into it too soon, you're just not going to feel as good. You got to kind of do some work beforehand, get keto adapted, Mm -hmm. teach your body to utilize fat. The third pillar is what I call the phase pillar, where we do very strict keto. We do a kind of carnivore-ish where we Mm -hmm. have mostly protein and fat, almost no carbs at all. And I, I do recommend doing carnivore. It's about 14 days here. And then we unlock the badge or unlock the flex pillar where we could actually start flexing. And uh, there's different ways to do it. Um, one of the ways that I do it is having one day out of the week where I call your keto flex day. Uh, or you could also call it a feast day, but you're having high healthy carbs. So about 100 to 200 grams of high healthy carbohydrates, which it's interesting because other people might consider that still low carb, 100 grams to 200 grams. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these low carb studies, they call that low carb. But it's well, anyways, 100 to 200 grams of high healthy carbs. So yam, sweet potato, yuca, uh, these are fruit. These are some things you can have on that day. More protein, no fasting that day. Teach mm-hmm. your body to actually get the insulin spike, make these hormonal conversions. And if you've done it the right way, the next afternoon or so, uh, or the next day or so, you should be right back into ketosis. And that right mm-hmm. there, I think is a great long-term strategy. So those that's just one. And then the second thing is for the ladies out there who have a monthly cycle, I also tell my clients who have their monthly cycle, five to seven days before your period, have more carbohydrates, have mm-hmm. uh, do less fasting. And because your progesterone and your estrogen are low, those five days. So when you get that insulin spike, it'll help with these hormonal conversions. Once the monthly cycle hits, then you go right back into ketosis and fasting. So that's a second advanced strategy for your audience. Oh, you're totally speaking my mindset. You know, I fell into uh, last summer, I and I'm, I can see it right behind you. We're on the same mindset, uh, Daniel Pompa's book. Oh, yeah. And that was the first time I had heard about this 511 strategy, meaning, you know, you have five days of your normal fasting schedule, one 24-hour feast or not 24 hour, one 24 hour fast. And then you have a feast day, like you've described. And I found that for a lot of um, individuals that are kind of stuck with intermittent fasting, maybe they've been doing it a while, they're not getting the results they're looking for, that kind of that variation is really critical and important. And so I've started to really believe that we are not meant to be rigidly affixed to one fasting schedule all the time. 
And so that variation I do in particular for women, I think is hugely beneficial, whether it's thyroid, sex hormones, et cetera, people start sleeping better. And so I do agree with you that, you know, acknowledging that even as we're heading into summer, again, with social distancing, we're heading into summer, we're that more light during the day. This is the time, if you look at ancestral health perspectives, when people were consuming more carbohydrates, just by virtue of the fact they were plentiful, uh, they were seasonal. And then this is generally when people were getting pregnant. You know, this is, again, ancestral health perspectives. Now we have a, a whole lot of control or not over fertility, but really, really critical for people to understand that, that the message we're trying to share is to not be rigid and to certainly be flexible and to acknowledge that our bodies might need different things at different times um, during, not only just during our cycle, but throughout the year. So I think that's huge. And I love all of what you're saying. And so- I know that we both embrace intermittent fasting. We love intermittent fasting. We teach about intermittent fasting. I could write a book solely about the mistakes that I see that are made. What are the more common ones that your clients are dealing with? Are the more common ones? Because I'm sure between your podcast and, and YouTube, you have a lot of people that are asking questions. You can see where people are stuck. What are some of the mistakes that you're seeing? Yeah. And I love that you mentioned Dr. Daniel Pampa. Uh, so shout mm-hmm. out to Dr. Pampa. Brilliant. I'm, I'm grateful to get mentorship from him. Mm-hmm. So one of the most common, well, several mistakes, like you said, I could write a book as well on the mistakes <laughs> in fasting. Uh, starting too soon. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, fasting is a muscle that we develop over time. Mm-hmm. So the example I give is this. Uh, let's say somebody's hearing about fasting for the first time. Oh my gosh, they just heard Cynthia's uh, TEDx talk and they're like, oh, I'm going to do fasting tomorrow, mm-hmm. but they're a pure sugar burner. They're going to feel like crap. And they're going to say, Cynthia is full of it. <laughs> fasting did not benefit <laughs> me. Uh, well, the issue was because they didn't have a structure in place beforehand. So you wouldn't mm-hmm. run a marathon without training for it. You wouldn't be a couch potato for 10 years and just do a CrossFit workout. No, there's some training that needs to take place. So that training for fasting is getting keto adapted. Have mm-hmm. your breakfast, lunch, and dinner keto friendly, no snacking in between. In between. Do that for a couple of days. Do it for seven days. Then you pair fasting. And the best way to start mm-hmm. is just like this. Three hours before bed, you're, you're fasted. You're not eating anything. Mm-hmm. So if you go to bed at 11 p.m. each night, make sure your last bite of food is by 8 p.m. And then you're mm-hmm. going to sleep. You're utilizing your sleep as your fasting window. Some people don't get that they could do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're utilizing sleep as your fasting window. And when, we, when you wake up, wait three hours to have your next meal. That right mm-hmm. there, you could start as a great fast. That's... um. What is that? That's three hours. That's about a 16, 18 hour fast right there. Mm -hmm. So I would start right there. And then you build from that. The second mistake is sometimes people, when they go and they start doing 18 hour fast, 20, 24 hour fast, which I do recommend, sometimes Mm -hmm. they feel bad. And the reason I see it is because of toxins. Uh, Mm -hmm. What people don't understand is the body bioaccumulates toxins throughout our life. And let's face it, we live in a time and place in this world where there's toxins mm-hmm. more than ever from you know car exhaust, from uh, cleaning products, from silver amalgam fillings. We're, mm-hmm. we're inhaling this, it's getting into our body and it's staying there. In fact, the body is so smart. Like I said, the greatest physician mm-hmm. in the world, the body is so sophisticated that when toxins enter the body, it does not, the body does not want these toxins to enter our vital organs. It does not want these toxins to go into the brain or the heart or the kidney. So it actually activates something called the PPARY mm-hmm. process where it takes these toxins and puts them into fat cells or it creates new fat cells for these toxins to go into. And then when you're doing keto now and fasting, you're burning fat cells, which is awesome, 
but your body cannot burn toxins. So now these toxins mm-hmm. enter the bloodstream during a fast and you feel like crap. So I think having a, a very smart toxin protocol in place is important. And I could talk about some of the things that I do, but uh, this goes back to the bile because bile also helps bind toxins. So if you're having those bitters when you're eating, that's going to be a great way to get out those toxins. And also a, a, a last tip here is going to be electrolytes. Okay. Your body is going to mm-hmm. re- lose a lot of excess water weight with keto and fasting. So it's important to replenish it. And if you drink coffee, throw in some salt with your coffee, sea salt, because coffee is a diuretic. So I always have a fatty cup of coffee with some sea salt. So those are some advanced strategies for you to feel so much better on keto and fasting. Well, those are all, you know, completely aligned with a lot of my own personal philosophy. The electrolyte piece is one that I don't see enough people talking about. And yet when you understand when you're going low carb and the excretion of sodium or salt from our kidneys, it completely makes sense. And, And I feel like when people are just starting with intermittent fasting and they're struggling with the hunger, because there's a differentiation between true intrinsic hunger and then hunger, like emotional hunger. And sometimes people have not really experienced true intrinsic hunger in such a long period of time. They've forgotten how it feels. And I oftentimes will remind people that, you know, true intrinsic hunger, you'll get a grumble. And then if you ignore it, it'll go away. You know, it's not as if it's going to be constant, but I think people find it alarming, largely because they've been so disconnected from their bodies. And I do find that things as simple as electrolytes, and for some people, it may just be Himalayan sea salt. For others, I definitely have preferences of brands and, you know, ones that are clean that you can consume while fasted that don't have um, sugars in them. But, you know, that differentiation of adding electrolytes for many people will squelch some of the hunger cues that they're experiencing, or it could also be psychosomatic and that's okay too. One of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where a Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, Come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. 
As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. One of my favorite ways to take care of my health is with appropriate electrolyte replacement. And my favorite brand is Element. We know that proper hydration leads to better sleep, focus, energy, and more. And we know that hydration isn't just about drinking water. Being optimally hydrated is about optimizing your body fluids ratios. And electrolytes are a component of proper hydration. Element is formulated with a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which includes sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And with the amount of travel that I do personally and professionally, one of the ways that I stay on track is with electrolyte supplementation while traveling. And we know that in traveling, the atmosphere in planes is kept at 10 to 20% humidity and dry air dehydrates us much more quickly, pulling more moisture from our skin and breath. This means that those of us that travel with some frequency need to hydrate even more. Properly supplementing electrolytes can help to prevent dehydration headaches, support our energy needs to minimize the effects of jet lag, and decrease the risk of blood clotting on long haul flights. And Element is offering a free sample pack with any purchase. You want to go to www.drinklmnt.com slash Cynthia. That's drinklmnt.com Cynthia. My personal favorite is orange with a close second of grapefruit, but there's lots of great varieties and the free sample pack allows you to try all of the flavors out from the beauty of your own home. Um, I love that you kind of address the toxin piece because I feel like for many, many people, they think the toxin piece is woo-woo. And I have to remind them that our bodies are so smart and so um, concerned about protecting us. And our bodies are so infiltrated, you know, from food, personal care products, the environment that we are really inundated on a daily basis. And when people feel like they're stuck, meaning they aren't able to lose weight, which for many of us or for many people that are listening, what brings people to intermittent fasting is the idea of losing weight, but what, what keeps them there are a lot of the other benefits. But I do find when people are really frustrated and it always happens, um, and we have to have that toxin discussion and, and ways to address toxins and some of it we have control over, some of it we do not. Um, other than educating people about environmental working group and you know skin deep apps and and ways to to remove some of the external sources of toxins, what are some of the things that you do with your clients that help them work through the toxin load they're experiencing? Yeah, definitely have them have I have them consume more electrolytes like you mentioned throughout a fast. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. Uh, I, I I I take something called. Uh, uh, fasting trio. So fa- fasting trio is great because what it does, it's three products. One product is called Cyto Detox, which Dr. Pompa developed. Cyto Detox, I take, you could take all this during a fast. It doesn't push your body in any direction. So it doesn't break your fast. So Cyto Detox is a zeolite, which actually goes within your cells and sticks around your cell, re- cell membrane and it flushes out toxins. So it's removing toxins intracellular uh, from the cells. And uh, where, is, where is that going? Well, it's going to now get binded to bile. And then there's a product called Bind, which is the second product that you take uh, right before bed. The reason you take it before bed is because your liver is very active uh, during 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. It's dumping a lot mm-hmm. of bile. So now the cytodetox has taken those toxins out. It's with the bile. The Bind product sits in your gut 
acts as that catcher's mitt to catch the toxins. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, you take it out and put it into the toilet. So that's two products. The third one is something called Fast Tonic, which is molecular hydrogen tablets. Um, again, it doesn't break a fast, but it's a, it's a selective antioxidant. So many studies, there's thousands of studies that show the benefits of molecular hydrogen water. This is what it is. Tablets you put into water, you just drink it throughout your fast. I've seen it actually increase ketones and autophagy in some people. And I've seen it help with headaches. It helps with um, jet lag. It helps with altitude sickness. So that fasting trio is a great advanced strategy, especially if I'm taking a group through a block fast three or, three or more days, it's required to have these on hand because your body is going to dump a lot of toxins and you're not going to feel good if you don't have a strategy to remove this from the body. And the best thing about the, these three products is that it does not break a fast. It does not push your body any direction. It still lets your body and your innate intelligence do its job during the fast. So I think it's important, even as an intermittent fasting aficionado, I'm always learning. And so curious, is the binder, is it charcoal or is it um, dichotomous? you know, clay. I mean, what is the, what's in the, I'm just out of curiosity, what's in the binder itself? Yeah, it has some charcoal, it has some other things in there, has some herbs mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, it was put together from um, a company called Systemic Formulas and Dr. Pompa mm -hmm. helped design it. He helped with the scientists develop Amazing. it. Yeah. It's a great, great product. It just, it sits in the gut. It's like that catcher's mitt. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't even have to take the other stuff to take that bind product. If you suspect you're dumping a lot of toxins, you can still take it. You want to make sure though, if you're taking it, you're taking it away from medication, away from mm -hmm. food, away from other supplements, because it will bind that. So about two hours away from all that. And you take it before bed because your liver is going to dump that bile. Something else you can do is if you do something like a coffee en enema or a PC push, I, I, I recommend that to my clients taking bind four of them about 30 minutes beforehand because that forces mm -hmm. that bile to be um, produced and the bind will actually help right there. And you could actually take bind about 45 minutes before a large fatty keto meal because when you eat a large fatty keto meal, you stimulate bile. So there's some cool little mm -hmm. hacks there. No, that's awesome. And, and for everyone who's listening, I love to learn and I am learning every day. And so like having been on today, these are new strategies for me. I think this is amazing. So we're talking about, you know, kind of advanced strategies about intermittent fasting. I, I would love for you to kind of touch on if you've seen some of the benefits beyond, you know, we know that, you know, keto and intermittent fasting, people get really interested largely because they want to lose weight. They want again, want to get healthier. What are some of the benefits that have surprised you? I mean, I can certainly speak to this myself, but I find that the aha moment with a client is always, oh my gosh, like sometimes something that I think of as not being really a big deal to perhaps me, to them, all of a sudden, it's like, it's what helps reinforce all those good habits, all of the continuation with focusing on their health and self-care. But what are some of the insights that your clients actually bring up? Yeah, it's digestion, what it does to improve mm -hmm. the gut, which we know it's so important. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, a poor gut leads to autoimmune, leads to a lot of problems in the body. So what happens is when you're, when you are not fasting, if you're eating, you know, every two to three hours, which I was mm -hmm. when I was a sugar burner, your body, your digestive system is just taking a big hit because it takes a lot of energy takes a lot of resources to process food, to just chew that food, take that food and digest it to macro, from macronutrients to micronutrients and assimilate all that. It's a big process. So when you're doing that over and over and over, you're not allowing your gut to kind of repair from each meal, it's going to create dysfunction. I recently interviewed Dr. Zach Bush, um, who you got to get on your show. He's so brilliant. 
um, triple board, triple board certified doctor, right? Triple board. That's really impressive. And we were talking about a study. Overachiever, right? <laughs> what an overachiever, Zach. <laughs> uh, he, we were talking about a study from the University of Virginia. They took these uh, college students who keep in mind when you're younger college students, you have a faster digestion, right? Mm-hmm. They gave them 800 calories of pizza. They used um, this company, a pizza place called Mellow Mushroom Pizza, which I think is in your area. It's not down here, yeah. but it's uh, <laughs> yeah. so supposedly it's very popular pizza place. So they gave 800 calories of pizza to these college students and they wanted to track how long it took for that food to enter the small intestine, right? Not even get fully mm-hmm. processed, but mm-hmm. just enter the small intestine. And it took 14 hours to get into the small intestine. Wow. So that means if you're eating a standard American diet, AKA stupid American diet, and you're not fasting <laughs> at least, <laughs> and, and you're not fasting at least 14 hours, you're creating this mm-hmm. backlog in your digestive system. So the analogy here for your audience is picture this corporate worker. We're gonna call this corporate worker Henry. So hopefully there's not a Henry listening. And if there is, I'm not talking about you, Henry. So mm-hmm. Henry works at his corporate job and he puts in a full day's work, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. He's just working hard. Now, 5 p.m., he's, he's clocked out of work. He's walking to his car. He's getting ready to go and drive home and rest and recover. And he's entering his car. And now Henry gets a phone call from his boss saying, Henry, we need you to come back into the office and work on a project for another five hours. So he goes back to the office. He puts in another five hours. It's now 10 p.m. at night. He's walking back out to his car, exhausted. And he gets that same phone call. Henry, we need you to come back to the office and work another mm-hmm. five hours. Imagine this happening for days, for weeks, for years. Well, that's what's happening to your digestive system if mm-hmm. you're not practicing intermittent fasting. So when you do practice fasting, now you're diverting energy away from digestion to healing and your body is going to heal. Your gut is going to get improved. So gas, bloating, indigestion, SIBO, things like that could get improved just by fasting. That's one of the most common things I've seen over the years. What a great analogy. I, I'm I'm huge into analogies. I think it makes things so much more relatable. I love stupid American diet. I will, of course, <laughs> borrow that and give you full credit. I do find the digestion piece for many people. And, and for women, women are very fixated on their abdomens for some reason. Uh, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, my stomach's flat. My stomach hasn't been flat in years. And largely it goes back to that same, you know, discussion that you just had that our digestion really gets primed. And we've forgotten that our body is designed to feast and fast. You know, there isn't this chronic habitual snacking spikes in insulin and all of that nonsense. Curious. Who would you like to bring on your podcast? If there's anyone in, in you know, the, the, the web that's listening, who is like the guest that you're looking forward to bring on your podcast right now? Yeah, great question. Um, I haven't gotten Ben Greenfield on. I, uh, so I would love to get Ben Greenfield on. That I think would be one, awesome. Yeah, I think he's one of the smartest, youngest health uh, educators out there. And he's done so great work, so much great work over the years. So I'd love to do a podcast with Ben. It's funny. I'm on his list and I, I love, I, I love his content. Um, I do find that it takes me a while to get through his podcasts because they tend to be longer and, and I'm oftentimes furiously taking notes and then diving down a rabbit hole of information. Um, I think he'd be a great person. I actually like, technically I met him. I was in his presence at Mindshare last year mm-hmm. and he just has great energy. Like people are definitely, you know, wanting to connect with him and, and, uh, learn through him. Well, Ben, I want to be mindful of your time. I know that uh, it's raining also in Miami where you are as well as Washington, D.C. How can my listeners find you? How can they find their YouTube channel, find your podcast? Can you share with us? 
Yeah, and I, I thank you for the work that you're doing. And I encourage your listeners to go listen to my podcast, the Keto Camp Podcast. And I had you on there recently. It's got going to be yeah. released in a few days and actually in a week. So go listen to that episode. You can start right there with Cynthia. Uh, and the Keto Camp Podcast is a great resource. Uh, we're 140 plus, ep- actually 150 episodes in now. Wow. Um, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Keto Camp. Remember, it's a camp with the K if you're looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know why you're laughing because you, you were sending yeah. an email to me and you put C. Yeah, I did with a C. <laughs> it's with a K. <laughs> Happens all the time. And then just look look me up. Uh, my name, Ben Azadi, on any of the social media platforms. I'm very accessible. Uh, I'm grateful that you took, I, I'm grateful that you listened to this entire episode through. So thank you for that. Awesome. So good to connect with you, my friend. Likewise, thank you for the work that you're doing, Cynthia. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes.